Welcome to the Wonder Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I interview Jocelyn Diaz. She is a host of two podcasts. One of them is about eczema and one of them is about family travel. So we spent about half the episode on each one of these subjects because I'm kind of curious about eczema itself. And I, I have a brother-in-law who has eczema and I just want to know a little bit more about it. So we dive a little bit into that. And that might be helpful in case you know somebody who has eczema or maybe you have it itself. I didn't know it was that prevalent. And then we get into the family travel and how she plans to go about it. She has two children and a third on the way. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast, which is sponsored by my patrons. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash ftapon to become a patron and also leave a review, preferably a five-star one, wherever you get your podcasts. To the Wonder Learn podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. I'm here with Jocelyn Diaz. How are you, Jocelyn? I am doing great, Francis. Thanks for having me. So, you have done two podcasts one about eczema, the skin condition, mm-hmm. and then totally different is about traveling with families. Yeah. Give us the official title of both of these podcasts that you have done. So, the eczema one you, meant, you talked about is called The Eczema Free Journey, and then the family travel is called Exploring Family Travel. We're going to get into the family travel and that'll be the meat of our discussion. But I want to talk first briefly about the eczema one. I assume you or somebody in your family had eczema. Yes, 100%. I have it My and both of my children have eczema as well. And it runs, it's run in my family for, I don't know, generations and generations. So it was very normal for us. With the podcast, the purpose of it was to kind of heal ourselves from the inside out. Because from the outside in, it nothing was really healing it was more of like a band-aid on the problem so my goal is hopefully right now I'm pregnant I'm gonna have my third child is that my third child has no eczema because I've improved my health so much over the last few years that the hereditary factor is not going to be a problem for him my other two kids my health was not as good so to from what I learned throughout the podcasting journey was that that makes a difference and impacts your child when they're in the womb so hopefully it stopped already. And by the time I have my third child, there's no more eczema going down the chain because we've just, you know, improved it so much. Do you know about epigenetics? I do not. Because this is a field that fascinates me a lot. It's the study of how epigenome, the epigenome, which lays on top of the genome, can affect genetic Um, markers that in other words they can turn certain genes on turn certain genes off within a generation Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are stuck with this 20th century notion of genetics believing that genetics are fixed immutable things whereas the reality is is that genes can change quite rapidly and through the epigenetics and so what you're describing seems to me i'm not a doctor or not you know, researcher or scientist, but it seems to me like a classic case of you trying to affect your epigenetics by changing your behavior. Yeah. I mean, the way you just described it totally makes sense. And it was definitely my goal to, you know, cut the, the, like the continuation of eczema because it's clearly nothing, if nothing changes, it's just going to continue to happen throughout my family. So that's definitely uh, sounds about right. So what epigenetics from my understanding is, is that your children will still have, let's say your, your third child that you're pregnant with right now 
has, will probably have the eczema gene in him, mm-hmm. but whether it expresses or not depends on your behavior during the pregnancy and, and possibly even post-pregnancy or his behavior once he's a child. So in other words, you can still carry the gene and be a carrier of the gene, but it doesn't actually express itself just in the same way you might carry a cancerous uh, a tendency to have, let's say, a certain type of cancer, but because you live such a healthy life, it never expresses itself throughout your life, but even though you're a carrier of the gene. Um, so epigenetics, I think, is something that I hope more and more people start to be aware of. And so you learned, like, I'm trying to get a sense of, like, what's the percentage chance that somebody gets to have, you know, like in a population of, I don't know, 10,000 people who have eczema, what percentage pass it on to their children? 10%? Is it 50%? 80%? I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I can say that the last statistic that I heard was like one in like four to five children have eczema. And in my, just my family alone, my side, not my husband, one has eczema. When I say everyone, I mean everyone. Some have more severe than others, but from grandparents to the children that they had to the children that they had, it has run through every member of my family. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're saying that about 20% of the population has eczema? Children specifically are known to have it. I'm not a doctor. This is just from the, from my podcast and what I've learned, but children specifically um, are more, pr- more prone to it. And sometimes they can outgrow it. So that's why like the, the statistic usually changes between children and adults, but for sure, children are, you know, like in those first few years is when you are, they're more susceptible and you can either go one way or the other. If you, you know, take action and you, you start to really hone in things on your diet, you things in your environment, and you start to really pay attention to what's going in and on your body, you can really make a difference for when you become an adult. Cause I've had it my entire life. And luckily now as an adult, I've gotten control. It's gotten a million times better. And that's the goal that I'm trying to get with my kids to cut it while they're still children So they don't have to spend a lifetime of eczema, you know, suffering from it. And slowly but surely, you know, with, like I said, with my next child too, hopefully we can just break the chain there and don't even have to worry about it. And you did like over a hundred podcasts with eczema. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time I was interviewing like holistic um, health professionals that were all about changing things in your diet, becoming aware of your gut and of different things that can impact your health instead of using those topical steroids that I used my entire life that would work. And when you stopped using it, it would just get 10 times worse. So going from the inside out is how I finally found something that was more of a long-term game instead of a quick solution that didn't really do much. But at the same time, this method that you're using right now is still unproven in the sense that you're child is not born yet. So you don't know if he will be born without it. So this whole experiment, you're hopeful about the results, but it might fail, correct? Well, I'm hopeful in the sense of, yeah, I hope my third child doesn't have it, but it succeeded in the, because my eczema has improved. My children's eczema has improved and more than ever with, you you know, instead of using the creams, going the holistic route, it's better than ever. So it has proven to work, changing your diet and things in your environment, 100% works. Now, what I don't know is if my third child will have it or not. That's a total up in the air, see what happens kind of thing. But you're hopeful. 
Of course, definitely. Because okay. my 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 whole diet and lifestyle has changed over the last few years since my last child. So I definitely think that will have an impact on on my third one. Do you know if Michael Jackson had eczema? I do not. Okay, because he apparently had some sort of skin condition, according to him, that, you know, that's why some of his skin started becoming whiter and whiter. And some people, you know, claim that that's a bunch of baloney, but it is true. I spent five years traveling to all 54 African countries, and that's when I first learned about eczema, because eczema, it seems, on a black skin becomes much more mm-hmm. noticeable than on white skin. So all of a sudden, you see like these patches of white on a black skin, which makes it like stand out. And sometimes if it's on their face, I mean, it really just screams at you. And versus a white person who has eczema, I don't even know how it looks. I imagine it looks some sort of discoloration, but it's not that noticeable as, as if it were on black skin. Am I right? Well, for like my, my son has fairer skin than my daughter does. And for him, it comes out as, you know, like red patches. And for my daughter, since she has darker skin, she's just a little bit more tan. But when it, it gets red, but then it goes to a phase where, you, like you're mentioning, it looks whiter. So there is a discoloration in the skin. The darker the skin, I've noticed, it, it does have like a little whiter tint to it as far as like different stages of the eczema. Because sometimes it just looks different no matter what skin type it is. Right. And it's interesting because I have this theory of what I call the universal cure. So you name it for any disease, problem, physical ailment, anything, it's almost always the exact same fucking cure. And it is this, eat more vegetables, eat fewer calories, eat less meat, exercise more often, sleep well, have a happy social life or whatever, that kind of stuff. So that's pretty much, so let me guess, your uh, solution, uh, your holistic solution involves probably something along those lines. Am I right? A hundred percent. Cutting up the bad, putting in the good and, and, you know, taking care of your body. I mean, it's so, it's so fucking obvious. It's always the same fucking thing. It's always the same thing. It's like, nobody comes out and says, Hey, you need to eat more Ben and Jerry's ice cream, less broccoli. You know, nobody ever says that. No, it's unfortunately we all know what to do, but it's, it's still hard to do it sometimes. So that, that's why I feel like it's, it's, a, it's at least good to become aware of, you know, hey, if you really do do it, you can really see benefits. But a lot of times it's just it's hard to change our lifestyles. Right, right. It, but it's so interesting to me how universal you'll never see somebody say deep leafy greens will kill you. <laughs> right? It just sounds like really bad, you know. Dark, you know, you want to have big, fat, high calorie meat from a steak, eat that day and night. I mean, there are some diets that's, that do that, but yeah. really no serious dietitian or no serious doctor will say you got to eat a lot more meat and only meat and you're going to live till 100. One thing that I learned from all the podcasts and all the health professionals is, you know, like sugar. Sugar is just like one of those triggers that's going to in like inflame your skin. It causes just inflammation inside and um, skin is like a mirror for what's going on inside of your body. So like, if you see something on your skin, it's because it's the skin's not the problem. It's something inside. So sugar is one of those th- things that we cut out immediately and, and saw an improvement. And just like you said, bringing in those healthy foods like fruit and vegetables and cutting down on things. What I learned is things that you find in the aisle of grocery stores, 
try to cut those out. And the things that you could find on the outer ring of grocery stores, like the fruits, the veggies, even the meats, you don't have to go like vegetarian or anything like that. Just start taking those steps of including more fruits, more vegetables, and maybe even try going, you know, or organic, right? Like just better quality foods as well, because having those pesticides and different things going inside of your body also impacts it. So my number one tip would be find someone who, who, you know, has experience. Like, for example, um, I found a book called Cleanse to Heal from uh, Medical Medium. And he can be very extreme because it's like cut out all the meats and only eat these specific foods. But my point is, is find someone that you can reference and use and then start modifying what you're eating slowly but surely. Because if you try to do it all at once, it's very hard to maintain. And then you're going to feel like you're not making progress. But if you slowly like, hey, start drinking celery juice once a day and slowly but surely start adding on different foods, like more fruits and veggies, it'll get easier and you'll start to see your body, you know, kind of saying thank you because you, you'll start to see an improvement in your health. And, and exercise doesn't do a bit that, that much of a difference as far as you can tell. Or, and what about sun exposure? So with my personal experience with eczema, heat and eczema don't mix. And honestly, I've never heard of anyone that, that says otherwise because eczema, when it gets inflamed, heat causes inflammation. So when your eczema gets hot, it tends to get itchy, might get swollen and irritated. So usually if you're going through like a flare up, which is when you're like really irritated, I'd, I'd say like, hey, if you can avoid the heat, do it. Vitamin D is super important for your health in general. So I'm not saying don't get sun exposure, but maybe, you know, cover up your eczema if you can to try and help it keep, you know, getting from getting a sunburn or irritated or, you know, stay in the shade if possible, different things like that to try and keep your eczema at bay while you're still trying to heal it can make a big difference. And last question, it's not fatal in any kind of way. Is it not, is it just cosmetic or am I missing something? I have seen cases where, once again, I'm not a doctor because I just said cases. So I want to make sure it's clear. That's right. I have talked with people who have it so severe that they can't get out of bed. So fatal, like, you know, that it can actually take someone's life. No, I've never heard of that, but it can be very detrimental to someone's health. A hundred percent. And that ends this episode of the wander learn podcast, where we explore travel technology and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it four, review it, and five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn. Mm-hmm.